Hey, so how's it, everyone? Welcome back to Freedom Fanatics. I'm your host, Alex, joined today by my awesome colleagues, Sholin and Tiejo from FAN, uh, where your freedom is worth fighting for. Jens, thanks so much for joining me today. Just remember, guys out there, remember to subscribe to your favorite uh, Freedom Fighting Badger channel uh, at Badger of Liberty on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as TikTok. With that aside, gents, just today I think we're going to start, I think we're getting into a bit of a, a rhythm of, of chatting about some good news stories for a change. I think it's, it's, it's you know, with all the darkness uh, surrounding us at the moment, stage four, stage two, stage six could be coming soon. Um, I think it's good to shine a light on stories that actually bring some hope uh, rather than despair. So today's first story uh, comes out of the, the West Rand in Johannesburg. Um, and this story coming from the Sowetan uh, is about titled Patrollers in Honeydew Sort, sort Out Pothole Problem. Now, I know what you're thinking, like, guys, come on, like a pothole story is like the most basic, uh, you know, service delivery story you could choose. And yes, it's true, but there's a, ni there's a nice, there's a nice little um, tidbits here that I, I think would be interesting to to delve into. Um, so, the first thing, um, let me just give you some background, rather. Um, essentially, there were some, there were twelve vehicles that had experienced tire burst, not just climbing in and out of a, of a pothole, tires bursting due to this pothole. Um, it's a monster of a pothole in Christian Tvet Drive in Rudaput. Um, and the Honeydew Community Police Forum um, received complaints and was alerted to all these uh, damaged vehicles. Um, so they got calls from residents on, on, on Saturday morning and they said, guys, you know, we really needed to do something about it. And uh, a representative from uh, the policing forum contacted a local uh, hardware supplier and said, look, we need, we need some help. We need to fix them. They said, no stress. Um, and they went immediately and picked up uh, 11 25 kilogram bags of tar. Um, and then they, to, some of the representatives from, or members rather, of the uh, community policing forum went and repaired the puddle. So I think for me here, Tiago, is you speak a lot about, you know, communities getting involved uh, and mobilizing themselves uh, to, to, you know, to solve the problems in their communities. Um, so this community is doing exactly that. Is this the kind of thing that you have in mind when you preach your liberal gospel to, to an audience? Well, yeah, well... Honestly speaking, this is not the kind of thing I have in mind. What I have in mind is that we have the government. We pay taxes to the government. We pay rates to the government. It's the responsibility of the government to take care of such matters. But I must say that it's commendable that where the government has failed, private citizens together with businesses have found a way of coming together and dealing with the issues in their community. And I think that I would encourage more societies, more community members in other areas as well to do this, but at the same time, press on the government to deliver services because we can't be paying government money to, to, to do stuff and it doesn't do it. We end up doing those stuff with our money. It's, it's, it's really 
that's that's that that's more taxing on our part. So we must pay government rates, then still take out money for doing the very same services that they should be doing. But I think it's commendable that community members have have come together in this way. I hope that they will come together as well during elections and mobilize each other to vote for the right people who are going to deliver services for them. In fact, even if they started a community party, for example, that they take care of themselves, they can hold each other to account, that would be absolutely lovely. You know? It's commendable what they've done, I must say. So it's almost like there's, there's various stages in uh, sort of working around the failures of government, right? Uh, working within the failures of your municipality. So Shona, on the one hand, we've got you know this very sort of authentic boots on the ground, fixing puddles. It doesn't get more uh, literal than that. Because uh, obviously the type of work that we do, it's very difficult to sell the idea of freedom, of liberty, of, of uh, non-racialism, all those good things without a tangible effect. So I guess the next step here, as, as Tiago is, is sort of hinting at, is that we need to have these mechanisms to, to get into, um, to hold the government uh, to account. So, you know, how, yeah. you know how, can we, how can we take this example and sort of build on those, those next steps? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that was an important show force by these community members, you know, to actually rally together and actually get things done where obviously the, clearly where the government has failed them. And I mean, there are a couple of ways I think we get to serve our communities, our areas best. And those are things through our, through our time, through our talents and through our treasure. And in this case, we see that these um Community members, you know what, they took their time, which is 12 hours, 12 puddles, that's an hour puddle. Um, they took their skills, they took the equipment that they have, their talents, and they collected it together to actually make something um, together. But the most important one, I think, is um, our treasure. And our treasure is things like the resources that we have, that we're able to pull together to get to, get to solve problems. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, it's a fact that... Um, the state does have a lot of resources in its capacity. And the best way to get access to those resources is to actually vote in individuals who will use those resources best. And as the Eco made a brilliant suggestion that, you know what, these community members should even go a step further and even generate a political um, party or a political organization together that they want to put into government. People who understand what's happening in the community, people who understand, you know, the struggles that they endure um, and where resources need to be plowed into. And that's why I think that would be a really good idea for these community members to actually gather together and be like, you know what, it's time for us to take our role in, in power and take our role in government. Um, because you really do not need to be a politician to step into government. You just need to have brilliant ideas and be able to execute those, yeah. Absolutely. I, th I think that what I'm getting from you, Sholin, here is, is gen generally the, the idea of decentralization, uh, yeah. taking government away from a central holding government, um, because the people closest to the issues are the ones probably best equipped to solve the problems in those communities. So, you know, when we speak about, you know, the, these uh, sort of la-di-da ideas of decentralization and, the, and the, a big government, this is, and, you know, sort of breaking that up. Mm -hmm. This, I think this is essentially what we mean, but I think maybe Teoko, just before we move on to our next topic here, maybe there's an argument to make that, because I think in South Africa, we've definitely got an issue of vote, of voters not showing up, uh, people not being bold to vote. 
may, may, is there something that this example uh, could maybe be extrapolated, could be uh, the same sort of enthusiasm to solve issues in our communities can be put to say like, look guys, if you want prolonged sustainable change, register, you can do it online and come 2024, make your mark on, on, on the ballot paper. Showcase. The only thing, the only thing is that there's a danger with that as well, right? Mm. Uh, I think a lot of times we tend to us to, to 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 make the assumption that or to presume that people who don't participate in elections will automatically vote in a, a good government if they do go and participate and, and and participate in elections. I know many people here in Limpopo, in townships, in rural areas, and suburbs, who are, for example, ANC supporters, right? who have not been participating in elections because they are unhappy with what with the current form of the ANC, what it currently is. But given the chance to go and vote, such people would still go and vote for the ANC, no one else. So there's, there's, there's no guarantee that more people coming to vote, those people are going to vote for the parties that you and I might, might think could take us forward. But I do think that there's an argument to make here that if if if, if in, a, in a community like this one people from the community people that people know who are familiar with the problems in the area are finding such solutions if they were to start a party i would imagine that a lot of community members would support them we have seen such a case in Grahamstown in the past local government elections that's in in the eastern cape whereby an organization that over years had been fixing roads fixing um, providing people with water, providing dustbins in town, mm. cleaning the city and everything. A private organization, private people coming together, putting in money to do such things, participated in the elections last year and actually did well in the elections, but they did not win the majority still. Mm. So there is hope and, 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 and there is, there is this, this party from Grahamstown as evidence of that. Mm. If I may just conclude... The issue of portals, I just want to talk about the issue of portals and how serious it is now that I have touched on Grahamstown. You know, in Grahamstown in particular, the roads there are littered with portals. And the situation has gotten so bad that companies have started leaving the town. I remember Nando's withdrew from, from operating in the city, uh, citing portals as one of the problems, one of the problems that, 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 that were making them leave. Uh, there was a private hospital there, if I'm not wrong it was net care the private hospital has left the only hospital remaining in Grahamstown now is a public hospital and they've been citing portals that our ambulances can't travel at, on such roads they get damaged it's a lot of expenses we can't operate efficiently mm -hmm. so they've decided to pack their bags and leave so the portal issue is a very serious issue for that matter that i think we, we really should elect people who are going to deal with it mm -hmm. No, that's 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 a really great point. It does it actually does have a huge impact on on people and service delivery. Um, I mean, I saw photos earlier. I think scrolling through Twitter of, from Lusiki Siki of guys having to literally climb in and out of their puddles. And obviously, there's been a lot of rain recently. So I think so. Obviously, in KZN, but across uh, the sort of eastern parts of the Eastern Cape as well. So just exacerbating the problem. Um, and uh, it's a serious issue that that warrants thing. I think that's why it's so important that these communities at least are emboldened to to step in where the government has let them down. So I think, guys, the the next story I wanted to touch on was all is all about loaching. But I think we, before before we get into that, um, well, let, let me actually let me let me go to it. Let me let me just share it. Um, you know, I don't. It's no news to anyone that there was some pretty 
pretty hectic, for lack of a better word, uh, load shedding last week, um, and it's unlikely that it would would cease. But uh, this number just blew my mind when I saw it uh, come again uh, out of the situation. But that ESCOM has burned 626 million rands worth of diesel uh, to keep the lights on in April. Now, look, I don't know how these budgets work uh, necessarily. I don't know if 626 million is is a lot, uh, but it sounds like a hell of a lot because I think what I gauge from from uh, the the article itself is that uh, you know the diesel is meant for uh, when during peak times of of energy demand um, to supply additional energy. So it it really is meant for reserves. Um, and the and ESCOM has spent seven billion rand um, on in the last financial year. Um, on diesel to run its emergency generation. So to me, it sounds like a bit of an emergency all around. Um, and obviously April this year has been pretty, pretty bad. So with with that in mind, um, I think gents, what I want to touch on and what we, we're going to spend some time on this is it's Freedom Day on Wednesday, um, 28 years of democracy. Um, there is a lot of things going wrong. We don't need to deny that. We, we've, we've explored them on Freedom Fanatics um, at Infinitum. But democracy is still something that is very important. And, and you know, we touched, we touched on, I think, in burning questions last week um, about, you know, the idea of free market versus socialism and how that impacts policies, how, you know, you can still play the system. Uh, you know, democracy is not perfect. But Despite the lights being off, Shona, I'm going to come to you. Um, often when it comes to Freedom Day, you know, we get these things like, oh, like, you know, go, people go around doing Vox Pop interviews, for interviewing young people. Oh, what, is, what does freedom mean to you? Um, and it's pretty pretty vague stuff. Um, but what, what are the kind of things that, that you think young people should be thinking about uh, when they, they take this day off, taking into consideration the historic, uh, the historic significance of the day as well. Yeah, so absolutely. Like Freedom Day is a very important day for South Africa, um, specifically because um, in 1994 we we celebrated our first non-racial um, elections. Um, that's before I was born. Um, so I mean, that was an extremely important day in our history as a country because it was the first time that you know, like black people, colored people, all could have um, voted. Um, who non-whites could have voted um, in the elections and actually choose the um, political party and made, make their voice heard. And that's not something we should really take lightly. Um, I mean, uh, it's, we by 2024, when it's our next uh, national elections, um, that would probably be, what, 30 years um, since the um, first um, non-racial elections. And that's extremely important. I mean, your your ability to voice your opinion and, you know, send out your your your, your, your tweet, you know, giving your opinion out on something or sending out your TikTok about the latest issue happening. All of those stuff hinge on the right for individuals to vote and for us to remain a democracy in this country. And we should not take it lightly. Um, Alec, you mentioned that, you know what, we should, you should undoubtedly register to vote. Um, and I mean, it, t- it takes less than what, does it take about 10 minutes um, on the IEC um, mm-hmm. platform? It's really simple, really quick. 
And all it will then require for you is to actually go and vote in 2024 mm -hmm. um, and make your voice heard for a political party or independent candidate that you choose. Um, and that's what I mean. We like having our opinions heard. Why not do that at mm -hmm. um, the voting station? And I mean, okay. yeah, so if you love your freedom and your true, your ability to choose um, and your right to believe in what you want, go to a proper education facility, um, you know, be able to get a proper job um, and not necessarily depend on the state. If those are things you value, getting a pothole fixed in your community, if those are things you value, you need to go and vote. And that, that would be my encouragement to every young person specifically um, who goes to vote. Because in this country, we always discuss it here that we have a problem with many people not necessarily going um the ballot box but making their voices heard in alternative non-traditional um ways and i mean fan support and the support we generate is an example of that i think um because it's an alternative where people move to civil society organizations you know human rights organizations to actually get their voices heard you know you know supporting us on the to, to actually make our voices their voices heard on their behalf because we expose the beliefs that they have so yeah that would be my encouragement for sure Absolutely. Uh, I think Shoshana, you've touched on a lot of things there, but I think yeah. the, the, the thing here is that with democracy and the ballot box specifically, because I think it's something that cannot be underestimated, um, yeah. is that, you know, civil society, people like, like FAN, uh, people who support us, there's only so much you can do. You, you still require a capable state to run things and you were speaking about that in reference to the the pothole story um is that you know you still need the government to actually do what they are essentially paid to do through taxes um and i think for me the one thing is is outsourcing your decision making when you don't vote to let politicians decide for you what's what's some of the the sort of standout things for you um when it comes to to reflecting on on freedom day I think what, what stands out for me is, well, I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that freedom or democracy is a one-time event, you know, mm. or it's something that once it's there, it, it, it stays in there. Mm. But unfortunately, freedom and democracy, what, what happened in 94 is that the foundation was laid for democracy and freedom. But it's now up to us to ensure that our freedoms remain and that our democracy stays protected. Now, there seems to be a problem in South Africa whereby people after 1994 decided to pack their bags and walk home because, hey, we have arrived where we're going. But the reality is that we have not arrived. The reality is that there is no arriving at freedom. It's something that generations to come must sustain even them themselves. It's something that we enjoy during this generation, but the next generation might not enjoy if they are not careful. So really my, my encouragement would be for citizens to stand up, rise up and protect freedom and democracy on our land. Mm, 100%. Yeah, if I can add one, one, one really important quote there from um, Ronald Reagan, who actually says that, you know, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. And that's why we should never underestimate um, the importance of what we get to enjoy right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, we've we've got we've got these threats that that we we speak about here at 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 Fan. You know, we talk about mm -hmm. some of the problems with affirmative action and and BE those kind of things. We speak about the problem of, um, you know, the la lack of service delivery of 
things like cadre deployment, a cadre deployment policy affecting your day-to-day -day experience. So I think one thing that must not never be uh, sort of uh, neglected is that, you know, if you're a stakeholder in this democracy, you have a role to play in it. It is ultimately yours. But I think you guys make a great point that it it's almost like you, you can't actually be selfish because you need to think about those, uh, your family, think about your younger, your nieces and nephews, your cousins, your 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 nieces. Um, those are the people who, who do you want freedom for them? Do you want them to grow up in a, in a society, you know, ravaged by load shedding? Um, you know what I mean? So those are the kind of things that I think people need to, Consider it, make it tangible, make make democracy tangible for you. Um, if you want to see improvements around you, uh, the easiest thing you can do, certainly, um, is use that that ticket at the, at the ballot box. But I think, guys, I think we're going to leave it there. Um, plenty to reflect on on, on uh, Freedom Day this, this year. Uh, hopefully, we are not hit with load shedding during it. Uh, but uh, maybe that will remind you why it's so important. Uh, why democracy is so important and to never stop fighting for it. So guys, on that note, uh, just remember to follow us at Badger of Liberty on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, as well as TikTok. So guys, on that note, thank you so much. We'll catch you guys in Burning Questions with Mbali. Hello and Hello. welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Burning Questions. Hi, Sholen. Hi, Diego. Hi, Alex. Hey, Hi, buddy. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, you know, tough times last, but you know what? We're here and we move. So, guys, today we are looking at a code card from Mr. Oliver Tambo. And um, it reads, we seek to create a united, democratic, and non-racial society. Straight to the point, and you know what? There's no added extras, none of those things. Um, Sholan, your thoughts on this um, code card? Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with Oliver Tambo. Um, I mean, the ideal is important, and that's something all of us here at Fans strive to. We seek to create um, a democratic country that's non-racial, you know, and and um, chooses people based on merit um, mm -hmm. and not on skin color. I mean, I cannot agree with him. The ideal, I definitely stand with. Yeah, definitely, Diego. Well, for me, perhaps Oliver Tambo and his cohorts in, in the African National Time, in the African National mm -hmm. Congress at the time that he said this, mm -hmm. stood for non-racialism and democracy. But the ANC of today certainly does not stand for these things. And more and more, the more I think about this, I'm very convinced that even then, he probably wasn't speaking for everyone. He was pro mm -hmm. probably speaking for a few people within the organization. I think many of the people within his organization certainly don't stand for freedom, certainly don't stand for non-racialism. The organization itself, I mean, the quality of people it aligned with, 
post-apartheid, your Kosatus, your Nihaus, organizations that really want to push for socialism and really yeah, the push communist for... Party as well, mm. Yeah, they push for race-based uh, 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 policies such as BE and stuff. Uh, yeah. Such an organization certainly does not stand for these things. Perhaps Mr. Oliver Tambo and few of his cohorts, perhaps your Nelson Mandela's and few others, really stood for these values, but certainly not the ANC of today. That is very, very accurate. Um, let's go to the first comment um, on this code card. So it's labeled number two, but then you know what? Don't worry about it. So this comment says, comes from Chris, and it says, so Oli, how's that panning <laughs> out? Alex, <laughs> do you mind um, answering on behalf of uh, Uncle Oli? How is that panning out? <laughs> Yeah, I guess, well, I, I think United, if we can pick it apart, I think the mm -hmm. Democratic Party is still kind of tangible. Um, mm -hmm. We are no Zimbabwe, we are no Venezuela. I think we are pretty pretty good in terms of free and fair elections. Fan recently went to court to ensure mm -hmm. that uh, a, a seat allocated in, in the municipal elections was given to the correct party. Uh, the, I think it was the... the, the it's Shulin, um, Tiago, it was the... Forum for Democrats. Forum for Democrats. FFD in uh, Mahigeng. Uh, the, the EFF was allocated a seat uh, after a calculation error. Um, and we went there and fought that on their behalf and they were allocated the seat. So uh, democratically, I think things things are pretty good. Um, okay. In the non-racial sense, I think he's, I think it's going great, um, actually. Uh, race relations, I think, are in a very good space in South Africa. I think it's very easy to get caught in the idea that you know, people of different races hate each other in South Africa. Okay. Um, a lot of uh, polling shows that people generally like each other. Um, yeah. The problem, the non-racial part, I think, uh, the non-racial threat, the threat to non-racialism, we, mm -hmm. we see in in uh, bad policy, such as BE and affirmative action, um, yeah. and uh, the spillover of ideas such as cardio deployment, which I think is what Tiago is kind of referring to, when he speaks mm. about how maybe someone like Oliver Tambo was kind of keen for, for freedom for some and not for others, um, kind yeah. of a patronage network. Um, so, yeah, I think people mustn't be, be disheartened. There are threats. But uh, mm -hmm. I think generally in, an, in a sort of community sense, in a non-racial sense, things are looking pretty good. You're very positive. I like that vibe, you know, positive on a Monday. I think it's, when I, I think grow up, I want to be like you. <laughs> I, think, I know it's you know you know what it is. I think in Bali is that there there are so many stories around us that can make you think that racism mm. is around every corner yeah. under your pillow. You know, if yeah. your bed isn't on bricks, the non-racial Dokolosh is gonna you know come and come and bite you. So I think we just need to keep perspective all the time. Yeah, um, there's things that are always going wrong. You know, we've just had Kazarian floods. Um, well. You know, there, there's a lot of people that have passed away because of them, mm. that were washed out in the floods. Houses were destroyed, properties destroyed. Those are the real problems. Um, yeah. And th that's kind of where we need to to focus. Definitely. That is true, well, Mr. Alex. If, if uh, you can add... Yeah, mm -hmm. that negative one always. <laughs> I know. Like, I think we've established who's who here. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just going to say that even regarding the KZN crisis, part of why we have that crisis is because the government failed to adhere, to listen to the advice of 
your civil engineers, water engineers mm-hmm. over the years. They've advised mm-hmm. that they should have a better drainage systems in, in, in the province. They should not allow people to stay in certain areas because if mm-hmm. such a thing as, as, as what happened would happen, we would have such a, 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 a crisis, we'd be faced with such a crisis. So part of why we have issues such as what happened in the KZN is because we don't have a capable government. We don't have a government yeah. that listens to experts. And I think, yeah, it's, 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 it's really high time that we begin to want better stuff for ourselves as citizens of this country, that including yeah. a better government for ourselves. Yeah, that is true. Okay, let's go to our last comment. And I think this one basically speaks to everything that you guys were saying. I don't know, maybe. Um, this one is from Eleanor, and it reads, what ANCK is saying and what they do, there is a huge difference. Um, Sholin, do you agree? Uh, do you disagree? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I specifically mentioned at the start, you know, that the ideal that Oliver Tamu um, is stating is something that's definitely desirable. But what we see in reality um, is an unfortunate um, turn of events. Um, you know, um, we want a non-racial um, country. We want a united democratic society. But what we do see is that, you know, policies such as VE are Oh, are, are pushed on and forced onto us. Um, what we do see is an extremely divisive um, um, ruling party, um, the mm-hmm. ANC. And that's why it's very unfortunate that that is the case that we see. And yes, absolutely, I do have a lot of hope that, you know, as Alex mentions, things are going to turn around for the better. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely my hope. And it's, it's unfortunate that the reality that we see... Um, is the way it is right now. Um, yeah. But I do hope that once we get ANC removed, um, things will be a bit more brighter. Definitely. So, guys, let's remove the ANC. But, um, Alex, if maybe I might ask, don't you mm. think that when um, Oliver Tambo was saying this quote, he mm. had the same hope that you and Sholin have? Um, mm. I'm not, maybe let's, let's kind of... Mm. Uh, rub off the part that you Diego was saying that he's probably talking to some people. Mm. What if he was actually talking for everyone and he had that hope and saying that, you know what, South Africa can do better and we will do better? I think, like, I mean, pardon the pun, but I think during apartheid, things were pretty black and white. Um, it, you know, it was like, there's an obvious problem with an, a racialized society. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's common sense. And I think that's why yeah. to us as as classical liberals, it's a generally a common sense position to hold. And I don't, mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. I think, I think he would have wanted uh, freedom for all. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there would be a bit of a disappointment as how, how thing, things are turned on, yeah. uh, turned, turned out rather. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I wonder, I wonder if, he wouldn't be sort of disappointed at the lack of participation in formal democratic processes um, because mm-hmm. ultimately that's, that's what the struggle heroes, are. that's why they are called struggle heroes. They struggle yeah. to pioneer democracy for South Africa. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that the, the task does, as we always say, the task lies in getting people to use formal democratic processes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Dave, you can go ahead. 
No, no, go ahead, Shelly, I'll, I'll follow. So what I was going to say, especially <laughs> what Alex means in the struggle leaders, is that what mm-hmm. we actually see is many of them tend to have um, foreseen the situation we might have had, I have right now, despite their mm-hmm. own plan, you know, you fight yeah. for freedom, they knew that we would become issues along with it as well. Like I'm thinking some quotes of like um, Nelson Mandela, who also even like said, if the ANC ever does to you what the apartheid government did, you have to do to the ANC government what you did to the apartheid government. Chris Hahn mm-hmm. also made comments like, you know, he fears that the liberators would instead be the ones driving around in uh, mm-hmm. Mercedes Benzes and so forth, you know, and mm-hmm. not really caring about the ordinary person. I mean, those are those are some of the things we are seeing now, even Desmond Tutu as well. He's, he's mm-hmm. a quite, he was um, quite a, a um, critic of the ANC um, in democratic mm-hmm. society and they, despite of despite the hopes, they were also realistic about what could go. Yeah, down. Um, definitely. Diego, sure. Well, I think I think I was misunderstood, right? What I actually mm-hmm. meant was that Oliver Tambo, while mm-hmm. Oliver Tambo, your Nelson Mandela's, and others mm-hmm. probably mm-hmm. did mean what Oliver Tambo say, probably did subscribe to freedom, democracy, and all of that. Yeah. I am sure that not everyone in his party subscribes mm-hmm. to the same ideals. To the same so ideas, he, was, okay. he was speaking for himself, your Nelson Mandela's and few others, but not the majority. I'm very convinced mm-hmm. that majority of people in the ANC were not fighting. Uh, the, the, the fight against apartheid, yes, was a fight against apartheid. They knew that they wanted to, to, to collapse the apartheid system, but I'm convinced that most of them wanted to collapse apartheid just so they could move into those offices and mm-hmm. be the ones who are benefiting from the positions. Yeah. So not everyone was fighting from the same ground, you know, while yeah. I, yeah. someone else was fighting for the, from the ground of really wanting to see, genuinely wanting to see a freer society, another one was looking at their pockets. And I'm convinced that yeah. we have many such people in the ANC. Regarding the last, yeah, regarding the last quote that you put up, I think... I think it depends on 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 if you could just put it back yeah. up, buddy, if it's possible. The I think last comment, right? The last comment, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah, it's up. So what ANC say? What ANC cadres say? Yeah, what ANC cadres says, and mm-hmm. what they do, huge difference. I yeah. think it depends on who they are saying it to. When the okay. ANC says something to Gupta that we are going to give you a tender. They certainly mm. do deal on those tenders. The ANC yeah. is betraying us as ordinary citizens of the country, but they are not betraying their math- mafia friends. They are delivering no. on those promises when they do make the promises to them. It's us citizens yeah. that they really do not care about. Yeah, that is true mm. and very sad. Mm-hmm. True and very yeah. sad. Um, Shola and Alex, anything to add before we end the show? I will give a last comment. Um, and then, yeah, then we will end the show. But yeah, I, I absolutely think it was right because you know what, during um, uh, apartheid and the, and the struggle like for freedom, you we saw like this broad coalition of um, freedom factors. This included everybody from the Institute of Race Relations to the South African Communist Party and the United Democratic Front. You saw this entire group of people trying to fight for freedom. And mm. the longer we go into democracy, you actually see those who actually wanted democracy, especially in the ANC, become exposed. Yep. 
and you will see those who want democracy and those who do not. Milan um, Zillam, uh, in one of her recent speeches, I, you absolutely loved a speech that she gave, where she actually says that South Africa is the battle for South Africa's soul is actually uh, between people who love constitutionalism and people who want to degrade constitutionalism and actually just want complete power. And that's what we actually see. Mm. You can clearly see the um, the battle lines are being drawn and the yeah. people's statements where that's why they say like in the ANC, there's like this faction um, battle between like, you know, the radical economic transformation folk yeah. and the new Cyril type, um, which I'm convinced by neither. Let's let's get that one clear. Okay. <laughs> but you actually clearly start to see um, the parallels between those who are under this same tent, if that's mm. the best way I could put it, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Guys, I honestly feel like the NC is a huge pandemic, but, you know, there's hope. There is hope. I think there's a light at the end of the time. There are vaccines and there are, there are, there's medication, buddy. Don't worry. Okay, yeah, I'll go take a booster voting. for the ANC, okay? It's cool voting, guys. <laughs> it's definitely cool voting. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And remember, you at home, your freedom is worth fighting for. <laughs>